Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's about to be discussed is a fairly uh, intellectual and open-minded, calm, dare I say, sophisticated discussion of our current politics. It will, however, include people fornicating with chickens. Okay? Wow, that's a interesting... So a little something for everybody is what I'm saying. <sighs> Dead chickens, by the way. Oh, gross. Well, is it? wait a second. I think that's mm. better than live chickens. Yes, it is mm. better than live chickens, the more I think about it. Better in terms of your satisfaction or morally or what? M- morally speaking. Oddly yeah. enough, that's kind of what was going on. Uh, with the chicken blanket. Yeah, I should be. Uh, I don't want to go too far down this road, but we already have. I should be more disturbed if I find out my neighbor is doing that with live chickens and dead chickens. Yeah, so you're right. I know nothing about chicken sexual response or whether that would be like painful or what. I, I, I and I, I don't want to talk about it, but I think you're probably right. Anyway, the significance of the chicken chicken blanket will be discussed. This is an article uh, that appeared uh, recently by Guy Denton. And He's of course, interview- with the chicken sex thing, the question would be, which came first? Oh, boy. The chicken or the egg? Guy Denton. The roosters having sex with the hen. Who's the chicken having sex with? They're all chickens. Perhaps my all-time favorite moment from Seinfeld, a show that went off the air like 30 years ago, <laughs> which always shocks me. Anyway, where were we? Uh, Guy Denton wrote this piece. He's interviewing Jonathan Haidt, who's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite scribes. He wrote the article. Uh, it was one day when Jack was off. I went at length into this piece, why the last 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid, which was by Jonathan Haidt. He, uh, well, they, they mentioned some of the other things he's written. So I'll just hit this, hit you with parts of this article and we will discuss. Um, he's very depressed about American society and politics. 
philosophically, intellectually, I'm depressed. I'm Cassandra. I see doom coming towards us. He wrote that article for The Atlantic, why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. He argues that social media has emboldened illiberal forces while eroding trust in institutions, fostering extreme polarization, degrading standards of behavior, and stimulating a mental health crisis among the young. Previously, he explored the rise of adolescent depressants, uh, depression, anxiety, and suicide in the coddling of the American mind, uh, written with free speech lawyer Greg Lukianoff, who's another one of my heroes. At the end of the book, though, the authors identify several green shoots, encouraging developments in culture that could reverse these trends. But four years later, as America reels from COVID-19, the final months of Trump's presidency, etc., things have only gotten worse, massively worse, Height tells me. We saw these green shoots, and none of them have grown. All all the green shoots are dead. Ay caramba. Wow. Yeah. When he began writing a previous piece that they mentioned in 2009, he saw American politics as essentially healthy, populated predominantly by center-left Democrats and center-right Republicans, who ultimately respected the liberal tradition despite their disagreements. Now he believes both parties have been consumed by authoritarian forces that were largely confined to the fringe in the 90s and 2000s. What social media did, he says, quote, is super empower four groups, the far right, the far left, trolls, and Russian agents. The Republicans have always had the John Birch wing. The left has its woke fringe that's Jacobin, it's Maoist. So we have these incredibly illiberal wings on each side that now have so much power over the two major parties, and look what's happening in the country. Now I will depart from the egg-headed philosophizing to tell you he went to Yale and studied philosophy and psychology. My brother and, went to Yale. He robbed a Yamba use. It's <laughs> one of my favorite jokes from Saturday Night Live. Hilarious. But he went for his PhD at the University of Pennsylvania. He earned his PhD in psychology in 92. His dissertation, Moral Judgment, Affect and Culture, or Is It Wrong to Eat Your Dog? It concerned the role of disgust in moral judgment. In it, he gave interviewees examples of repulsive yet harmless behavior. For instance, a man goes to the supermarket once a week and buys a dead chicken in the meat counter. Well, he buys a chicken. I don't right. think most people... <laughs> well, at the supermarket. But he wanted to make it clear that the chicken was deceased. I'm home from the grocery store. Did you get some dead cow? No. Did you get some hamburger or steaks? Again, you're missing the point, as you so often do. <laughs> He wanted to make it clear it wasn't a live chicken, okay? Uh, so he uh, goes to the supermarket once a week, buys a chicken. But before cooking the chicken, he has sexual intercourse with it. Then he cooks and eats it. To test whether the emotion of disgust would overpower reason in people's responses. Um, and he... And when you first it, said it, I, 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 I was repulsed with disgust when you first said it. Right. The point was, are moral judgments driven by intuition, gut feelings, or rationality? Mm. That's what he was trying to figure out. Is morality more driven by intuition or rationality? Which is an interesting question. But what's even more interesting is that disgust won out among all the groups, except for groups of politically liberal college students particularly Americans who overrode their disgust and said that people have a right to do what they want as long as they don't hurt anybody else. But that trend in young Americans is now dead. 
And he writes, uh, he began to apply his moral theory to political ideology in an effort to understand the psychology of conservatives, libertarians, and progressives. This is kind of cool. To gain a fair understanding of conservative beliefs, because he was a man of the left, he read National Review alongside the New Republic and watched Fox News. Quote, it was really, really interesting to do that week after week. I really just felt my mind growing like, oh, I never looked at it that way. And in The Righteous Mind, something he wrote in 2012, I believe, he explored why human beings diverge so drastically on political and religious questions, describing three principles of moral psychology that lead people to different ethical conclusions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to get too far into that because it's, uh, it's interesting, but it's kind of a, a, a distraction. Um, and But he points out that as the real worlds become much more tied to the virtual landscape, illiberalism has grown. For progressives, it manifests in cancel culture, hostility to free speech, an overriding concern with emotional safety. Haidt recalls that in his early years as an academic, like when he was doing the study, there was none of this in higher education because the kids, the students were Gen X. They were partying, hooking up, smoking pot. They were doing things kids do. You can't have cancel culture without social media or technology. A lot of the ideas that have been around since the 90s, words or violence, things like that, but they didn't leave the like progressive departments of psychology until until the walls fell, it took social media to dissolve the walls between everything. Um, then he says, tribalism is very natural and easy. Us versus them. They will trump any moral foundation. If it's an existential struggle between us and the bad guys, then the ends justify the means. And if our side has to break a few eggs, break a few laws, break a few rules, I would add tear apart the Constitution. Look what they're doing. That's fine. People will gladly throw away any specific moral principles in service of defeating the enemy. Until recently, the great success of modern liberal democracy was that it largely kept this primal impulse at bay. We used to see elections as a game that we trust, and if our side loses, well, we better work harder to win next time. And of all of the horrible things Trump did, I think literally committing to winning an election by any means before the election even happened is among the most shameful things anyone's ever done in American history. And the Republican Party, to its eternal shame, backed him up and protected him. Now, if you're pissed off by that because it's against your tribe, he absolutely whoops the S out of the left. And they're silencing and they're censoring and they're cancel culture and they're extremist ideology and the rest of it. But his point is, both sides are doing it. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, this YouGov uh, data. A few years back, they uh, they said that Republicans were more likely than Democrats by a fair amount years ago to see the other side as an enemy. But it's now equal for a variety of reasons. It probably depends on who's president or whatever. But now, now both parties... Because if you if you're given the choice of choosing, does a Democrat winning asking a Republican? Ask obviously it'd be the reverse if you do it the other way around. But so you ask Republicans, does a Democrat just mean that Democrat win simply means you're not getting your desired policy, or quote if they win, your life or your entire way of life may be threatened. And now it's close to seventy percent on both sides choose the if they win, my life or entire way of life may be threatened. And, yeah. and just as you were saying, if you believe that, well, then you can justify anything, any breaking of norms or tearing down of institutions or or doing things unconstitutional. Right. And and what one of the main points of uh, Heights uh, piece for the Atlantic that I keep referring to was that because of social media, the forces on, quote unquote, the other side or my side, for that matter, who are angry lunatics who are actually dangerous, they appear to be 
the entire side. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you'd asked me 15 years ago if, if Democrats threaten my way of life and blah, 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 I'd have said no. They'll, they'll cause more government bloat. And they'll provide disincentives toward innovation and success, but it it doesn't matter because even if they win this election, we'll win the next one. So it's sure. everything's going to yeah. be okay. I look at social media, especially right now, or cancel culture, or people getting hounded out of colleges for daring to disagree. And I think no, it's dangerous now. It's not ho hum. It's dangerous because Canceled. because Republicans think all Democrats are the libs of TikTok, and Democrats think all Republicans are the people that stormed the Capitol and were beating policemen. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sexy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So getting back to this uh, John Haidt interview, this article, uh, he's one of my favorite writers and thinkers, but uh, it was all about politics, right? We were talking about, you know, the tribal extremists were all angry at each other, politics. But He's at one point in the interview, he says, what I really want to talk about, though, is the mental state of young Americans, because he's crazy passionate on that topic. And I think he's right. He's always right. In the coddling of the American mind, which he wrote with Greg Lukianoff, they explored how rates of depression and anxiety had surged among teenagers since the early 2010s. And for height, two factors explain this trend. Fragility caused by a loss of free play in childhood. Kids don't develop the the confidence, the resiliency, the creativity, and just the the boldness that you need to become an adult. Because all of the struck all of the play is structured and uniformed, and the rest of it, and a widespread entry into social media at a young age. I think your generation has what we might call emotional scurvy. Height told the young journalist, "That's a terrible word." By keeping children safe, we've made them so weak that they are easily frightened and they have higher suicide rates. If we take all of the lives saved because kids don't get kidnapped or hit by cars, that's probably several dozen. It might be several hundred. But the number of extra deaths from suicide dwarfs that. Mm. With social media, puberty is when the brain is changing rapidly. For kids to go through puberty, showing photos of themselves and letting strangers evaluate them is a horrible thing. And the, but that's before COVID. And he writes, when the COVID-19 pandemic made forced social isolation the norm, damn you people who enforce that on kids, social media use hugely expanded and free play became even less common. Hyde recalls that despite obvious difficulties, his children made it through it, made through it, but even so, quote, our kids spend most of COVID on their screens, much less physical movement, much less in-person interaction. So their generation was already crushed by so many bad things, then the overreaction to COVID came along. The right was pathologically motivated to minimize or deny, leading more Republicans to get killed by it. And the left was pathologically motivated to amplify or exaggerate, leading to overly repressive regulations that might have made sense for the elderly, but never made sense for children. That's some good stuff. I live a block away from a park that was empty and surrounded by police tape for months. Shocking. I wish I did. I don't know if I ever took a picture of it or not. I think I tweeted out pictures, but God, that that might be my the lasting memory I have of COVID when I'm a 90 year old is the police tape around the playground structure in an empty park. Wow, which what is a precisely weird, where the children should have been. What a weird dystopian is this really happening thing that was. Coronavirus. 
catch me outside. How about that? And the fact that it was not only not necessary, it was the opposite of necessary. It was horribly damaging. Yet our great health authorities insisted on it. If you're looking for a hopeful note, there's kind of, sort of, kind of a couple of hopeful notes here. One which I will squash, and the other which I will let live. So... The recent uh, Atlantic essay, Height Road, called for ordinary Americans and political leaders uh, alike to make personal and institutional changes to heal our democracy. Much of this responsibility will fall to the same members of Generation Z who've been damaged by social digitalization. When I ask Height whether he believes this generation will be strong enough to make such changes, he answers directly, no, I don't. (laughs) The young people are not strong and resilient enough to make the changes. But this is interesting. Because in, in you, some of you have been listening to this. You've squirmed. You've screamed. How dare you, A&G? I thought you were conservatives or blah, blah, blah. A lot of people are probably uncomfortable with this. So, Jack, this I'm reading this part mostly for you. Our waitress brings us the check, and as we prepare to leave, I persuade Height to offer a modicum of optimism. Well, he says, the appetite for reform and change is vast. The great majority of Gen Z hates what's happening to them. The vast majority of Americans are exhausted. They're fed up. And this was the biggest surprise of my Atlantic essay. Even though I said very harsh things about the Republican Party and very harsh things about the cultural left, I expected a lot of people to attack me for that. And nobody did. I mean, there were like maybe eight mean tweets. I put forward prescriptions, and they're not trivial things, but nobody has objected. I think there's the appetite to do some pretty substantial things. So that's absolutely hopeful. Wow. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to so hear he that. So he went out and, and said, I'm going to offend everybody when I say this. And everybody came back and said, you know what? I'm not really offended. No, I agree. Other than the the always offended Ang- constant anger crowd. The And I was thinking about this the other day. I was going through email, uh, which luckily doesn't bother me much anymore. It used to a little bit, but um, the crowd that is always angry and always 100% certain that they're right. Can you imagine? I mean, picture a person like that. They're always bulletproof in their confidence and always angry. What a sad unhappy life that must be yeah and then there's the troll crowd which i don't even know what that is that's just well they're portraying that other group of people for their own amusement which is sick and weird i just don't get it i don't get it either but i have an outlet so maybe if i didn't have it no i don't think i'd be a troll even if i didn't have this outlet i'd be a lovable wag a gadfly Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I just walked through the doors of this store. I'm going to stand right here and plan my next move. Oh, I see that there's a car behind me in this parking lot. I'm just going to keep walking right in the middle of the driving area. Oops, I'm in the dentist's waiting room and I'm getting a phone call. Better put this one on speakerphone. Oh, it's my turn to order after spending over 20 minutes in line? Gosh, I have no idea. I'd better start the decision-making process right now. That's good. I almost feel like I need to listen to that again. Those are so good. I just walked into the store. I'm going to stand here right in, right, right inside the front door and decide what my plans are now. <laughs> I love I love people who get off escalators and stand there at the top, still oh. looking around to see which store is where in a mall or that sort of thing. Right. I just want to give them an elbow in the back of the neck. By the way, something we got a video at our website. A bunch of people went into a liquor store in Los Angeles and just were sweeping things off the shelf into bags and uh, walked out the door while people stood around and watched and filmed them. Uh, I titled it The Complete Breakdown of Civilization on the Twitter, but yeah, we've got it at the website if you want to see it. It's it's amazing. Has this ever happened anywhere in world history at any time? Where society just decided, yeah, you can go into a store and just steal whatever you want and walk out the door, and nobody's even going to lift a finger to stop you. They, Los Angeles crumbling. It, it's happening all over blue state America. 
you can commit felony theft with impunity now. Has any society run that experiment? And it's worth noting the so-called security guard is just like taping it with her phone, as are several of the shoppers saying, get their license plate, get their license plate. Everybody in the store is outraged by this. But nobody does anything. Nobody can do anything. Now the sec- of an experiment. The security person doesn't do anything because they're told not to do anything? I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, they're an unarmed person in a little uniform shirt. A little uniform shirt. Well, that's it. That's the only thing that differentiates them from the shoppers. Good point. All right. A couple other things to mention. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates 9,560 people died in motor vehicle crashes in the first quarter of 2022. The highest level in 20 years... The seventh straight quarterly increase, and Americans are returning to the roads after COVID, but more driving isn't the sole reason, as the increase has outpaced, the increase in fatalities has outpaced the increase in miles driven. And obviously, if it's been going, it's that much more than, yeah, that's something. Oh, yeah, so, the most in 20 years. I mean, forget COVID. What do you think's going on there? Murders, murders up, crime up, all kinds of different things up, suicide up, depression up. Driving crazy up just fits in with all that other stuff I just mentioned. Yeah, I don't know about your town, Jack, or, or anybody listening, but uh, I'm, I'm reviewing in my head like the last couple of places I've lived. Um, the the cops are radaring much less. You don't see traffic cops anymore. Hmm. I just think people. It could be a a generalized feeling of there are no repercussions for doing bad stuff like the liquor store thing, all the smash and grabs. And I just think the cops have pulled back. They don't want to make traffic stops and, and get involved in something crazy. I don't know. I You know, I know there are budget problems in the last town Judy and I lived, and so they used to radar all the time on this road that people would speed like lunatics on, and now they don't. So a guy named Scott Linscombe writes an economy column for the dispatch, and he wrote what he thinks is his most important piece ever about the inflation in the use of exclamation points, which I have been complaining about for some time. Joe has adopted probably wisely as recognizing when in Rome. Well, it's it's the lingua franca of the modern workplace. I mean, ain't you fancy? Um, I think uh, you could be accused of being anti-exclamation pointist uh, compared to the average person. You're hostile to them. It's like your attitude about emojis, which are a delightful way to convey thoughts through pictures. If somebody says there's a meeting at 3 o'clock, can you be there? And I say yes. Why would I put an exclamation point on that? And then why would they reply with, great, see you then, exclamation point. Why? Well, uh, I agree completely. But do you ever use exclamation points? Mm, very seldom. Well, there you go. You're you're an Amish. You're Amish, un- except instead of engines, it's uh, exclamation points. Jumping deep into his column about this, Scott Linscombe writes, when the Internet and texting became widespread, followed by social media a decade later, exclamation points began popping up everywhere and in great numbers. Boy, did they. The social media and email push toward ever-increasing exclamation point abuse has been confirmed in several recent reports, as well as by literally anyone with an email or social media account. <laughs> no kidding. You yeah. really don't need a study of this. 
Yeah, I do not disagree. Things like hi, exclamation point, or thanks, exclamation point, are now standard fare. The later, the latter is so commonplace, in fact, that it's frequently in automatic email signatures. A permanent state of online excitement sounds exhausting, he said. However, as Seinfeld presciently noted way back in 1993, and as hilariously documented by the... I'm uh, sorry, I'm sorry, you made a mistake there. You said 1993, which is almost 30 years ago. Yeah, Seinfeld, thirty years ago. Wow. <sighs> I, yeah, I got sorry. I got to take a. I got to take a knee on that one. That one hurt. That left, that left a mark. A Seinfeld episode from thirty years ago. We're discussing the honeymooners in the eighties. That's what we're doing. Yes. Woo! Wow. Sorry, I'll shut up now. Anyway, this verbal violence has been hasn't been isolated to the online world. So why oppose exclamation inflation, he says? Isn't it a harmless way to show happiness or appreciation, especially to online friends and colleagues who might need some emotional support? Hardly. Yeah, you bully. Hardly, he says. First and most basically, most of today's exclamation point usage is grammatically incorrect. As the authoritative uh, grammarly, I don't know what that is, notes. Um, it is not, uh, it, it doesn't fit in with any of the descriptions in any writing about use of language of when you would use an exclamation point. So hmm. there's that. But Boy, you're Mr. Language Evolves. Get over it. Yeah, I know. No, I'm no, on, the I, leopard has changed its spots, everybody. I'm, in, I'm, I'm on the opposite side, of, opposite side of my normal argument on these sorts of things, but I am not going to adopt the exclamation point. No offense to my coworkers, among others, but I do not have forceful emotion when acknowledging receipt of your last round of document edits or your scheduling request. I'm thankful, sure, but it didn't make my week. <laughs> A simple period at most is therefore sufficient. <laughs> it's right. It didn't make my week that you're going to see me at the meeting at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Second and more importantly, and this is the part that I wonder about, exclamation abuse inevitably dilutes the punctuation's efficacy over time. Some defenders, defenders claim that an exclamation point conveys sincerity. But that's only true when it's unique or interesting to the recipient. Once a single mark becomes ubiquitous, it's meaningless. Does your colleague's single mark mean he actually is happy to receive a message or whatever? Or is he just performing the new bare minimum? And does he maybe even secretly hate you? <laughs> As, uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> As the Atlantic's Julie Beck noted in 2018, many people at that time, which is like 20 years ago on the Internet, uh, yeah, in tw- in, in 2018 in Internet time is 20 years ago, uh, many people already assumed that one exclamation point is insufficiently enthusiastic. Surely more do today. Yeah, I would agree. I have seen that in the inflation of exclamation points. It's gone from usage to number of them. Yes, I'll see you at the meeting is not enough. You got to go with a couple. Right. And if it's actually good news, I mean, because yes, I'll be at the meeting is not exciting news. <laughs> but, you know, we hit our quarterly number might actually, you know, warrant an exclamation point. Then you got to have like five of them to separate from the exclamation point that is merely there's coffee in the break room. <laughs> you wow. know, that's sort of like, Yeah. Yeah. Haven't you noticed that? Oh, uh, hmm. I don't know where you it know, goes from here. Do you remember, what was it, like five years ago, I revealed my secret for communicating with women in business? Yeah, 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 yeah. and you're right. You are right. I am wrong, but I'm not going to budge. Finally, he admits it. Uh, More on that in a moment. After a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, and I urge you to check out their website. 
simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, because only then will you get the full idea of how customizable Simply Safe is for you and your needs. Are you primarily worried about a burglary? Uh, where you live, or a fire, or uh, a health emergency, an old stir that might fall down or something like that. Customize the perfect system for you. This is the best home security you can get. Highly trained professionals 24-7 will keep you calm and safe during stressful situations, staying on the line with you until help arrives. It's really quite amazing for about a dollar a day. Their customer-first policies keep the price low, no long-term contract. They're not going to try to lock you into it. Um, and, uh, was it, oh, you, you ordered online and it comes to your home and you set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. And it's easy and they can absolutely help you. So don't hesitate uh, about that. Perfect system for you. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. If you go today, you can claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I will ad- admit this, and it needs to evolve somehow, or maybe it already has, and I'm just not getting on board. Um, while I can't make my fingers put an exclamation point at the end of, okay, see you then, when we've gone back and forth about what time, you know, I'll meet you at the grocery store. I just can't do it. Um, not doing that has a flat, angry look to it. Yes. Which is, yes. Uh, you know, it's... Well, it, I think... Uh, part of the reason it's evolved, I believe, is because so few interactions are in person anymore. And you can hear from the inflection in my voice if I'm actually excited or not. Um, and so it's like uh, people have called for the Sark mark because it's impossible to tell if you're being sarcastic purely in print unless you're a very good writer. And so people want it to want to be able to make it clear I'm being sarcastic. I feel like the exclamation point is mostly a a I'm not angry or being dismissive or sarcastic. That's what it is now. It's not it's not an, an uh, indication of like joy or excitement. Yeah, excuse the frank language, folks. You occasionally get it here at the show if you're new to the show, but not. Using an exclamation point for something positive is the resting bitch face of communication in the modern world. So a friend of mine has, uh, we've gone back and forth on this and talked about it a lot, and they've adopted the whole uh, not using exclamation points because they know how I feel about it. And i oh. got to admit, when I receive it, it's weird. Yeah. See you at eight. Does that work? Okay, period. And that's like, uh-oh, are they mad? <laughs> Which is right? weird. Right. Okay. See you at eight is perfectly all right as a response, but it seems like somebody's mad if they don't have this. I don't know. I don't know where well, it's going. I remember at one point we got hip to the idea that young people don't use sent- uh, periods at the end of a sentence. Sure. Because in modern communication, that's like you yelled it. You're mad. Yeah. yeah. Period. I guess that would work. Period is a, uh oh, we're in a bit of a battle. She's mad if it's your wife or whatever. And I've noticed you've adopted that. But not the exclamation point. The eliminating the period? Yes. Yeah, the period is, uh, I'm pissed. That's exactly what the period means, which is, that doesn't make any sense either. These are odd times. Yeah. Again, can we please unplug it's, the internet? You know, it was better before. Aside from my, uh, you know, sarcasm, I, I'm not kidding. I will not use exclamation points, but, um, uh, uh, wow. It, it is, it is, <laughs> it is fascinating the way language evolves. It just, the, uh, the humanity decided no it looks too flat for me to say see you then Armstrong.
Armstrong and Getty. Hey, Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Radio Station. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the place for the real taste to be. This is the place. There's just no doubt about it. Boy, you can't uh, you can't claim that we're not optimistic now. And but back in the old days, we're all that, that's an ad for Pabst Blue Ribbon, in which the guy says about the only thing you can count on now is the good taste of beer. <laughs> wow, wow, must have been the that early eighties, uh, darkish. Must have been the early eighties during the recession or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that jingle. I don't know either. Uh, I, I think and, it's. And I know most beer jingles. If you're old enough, see, if you're a, a hipster young person, Paps Blue Ribbon is the cool beer at your, your your hangout. But if you're old enough, you remember it as kind of not kind of a cheap beer that you would drink if you couldn't afford other beer. Mostly, at least oh, yeah. it was for my crowd. Yeah, it was mocked. Yeah, yeah. yeah I drank it because that was I couldn't afford the other stuff. 
But now it's right. the hipster beer. All right, fine, whatever. Oh, you know, that reminds me. There was a, a work crew, a construction crew, getting off work yesterday as I was taking a bike ride, and I was pausing to take a drink of water, and they were walking by me, and I gave them the, hey, fellas, uh, have a good evening. <laughs> what? Um, and uh, it, the first thing that was interesting is they were all meticulously polite. They must be trained to be that way by the company. So tip of the cap to the company. They're all like, thank you, sir. Have a good evening yourself. That sort of thing. I mean, like it was a white tablecloth restaurant. Uh, second thing was, I almost said, guess it's Miller time, huh, fellas? Then I thought, these guys have no idea what Miller time no, is. No, it's white claw time. Yeah. <laughs> they looked a little manly for the claw. But uh, anyway, old reference. Sorry. Never mind. Who's Miller? Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I'm not a boomer. LeBron James signed a new contract with the Los Angeles Lakers, who did not make the playoffs last year. Is that right, Michael? Is that correct? They didn't even make the playoffs. That's correct, yeah. God, that's Boom. crazy. Anyway, it hasn't hurt his salary anyway. He just signed a two-year, $97.1 million extension. Almost $100 million for two years at the wow. tail end of his career. He's being rewarded for failure. It's like he works for the government. And the rich get richer. Um, <laughs> I like saying things like that. For some reason, I thought the other day of when somehow Rush Limbaugh came up in conversation. And I remember when he did his interview with Chris Wallace many, many years ago, and he had just signed a deal where he was making $50 million. And Rush Limbaugh said, you can make the argument that I'm underpaid. And Chris Wallace said, underpaid at $50 million? completely either pretending to or actually not understanding the way salaries work or how you bring money to a company. Because LeBron James is getting paid for making the company way more money than the $97.1 million. He's worth giving that much money because it makes you so much extra money. Surely, I guess everybody doesn't understand that. No, no, most, well, not maybe most, but uh, many people do not comprehend that. LeBron James makes that when a school teacher makes, you know, right. 80,000 or whatever. Well, that, yeah. If you say that, you're either a child or you got kicked in the head by a horse. I'm giving you two charitable outs. Or you're a moron. Right. Crazy. Um. Or, or, or. I sounded like a seal there. <laughs> Or, since our school systems do no business education, they do no financial, like uh, microeconomics in most cases, how to handle money, how money is made, how money is taxed, how money is invested, what's compound interest, that ought to be the first thing kids learn, because it's about feeding yourself. I think it'd be better to learn about how mean we were to the Indians. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, my son is very excited. He, he's, he, he goes to a private school, but his uh, his first period class every day is going to be stocks, where they learn about the stock market. And they, they, they at the first week, they invest in all their stocks and watch wow. them through the year and learn about dividends and shorts and calls and all these different sorts of things. He'll he'll know more about it than me halfway through the year. But uh, he's very excited about it and I'm excited about it. I met his teacher last night. I said, tell him to buy low and sell high. And he, <laughs> he gave me the look of, you know how many dads say that to me? That's the look he gave me. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm happy that he's going to learn that sort of thing. There's there's something you will actually need to know in your life. Right. What's what's a mutual fund? What's an index fund? 
Just all that stuff. Nah, but no, no, we're l- learning that white people are evil. Or l- learn to name the longest rivers. I don't know. Does that do me any good? I learned learn that, that little boys can be little girls tomorrow if they decide to. Jeez, <laughs> you're going with some particularly inflammatory examples. Well, um, and useless, beyond useless. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.